All right, everyone, welcome to a Silver Lined Relaunch. And today I have someone that I am so excited to introduce to you if you don't already already know her. And it is Kenia Romanaska. And why am I so excited? For many reasons, but we are in a group together and I have heard her story, her her relaunch and I thought, oh my gosh, how great. Let's bring her on, let's share this, let's hear more. I get to ask more questions and we get to understand the significance of the relaunch and the fact that there are always silver linings that follow it. This episode is brought to you by the Fired Up Entrepreneur Program. And this is a program that we are so proud of the results have been downright remarkable and we want to invite you to get a glimpse of what it is like inside this program by inviting you to participate in the business boot camp which is a five-day free event and get involved with this because the pearls that we're going to be sharing each and every day are going to be the foundation for allowing you to make money, keep the money, grow the money, and strengthen not only your business, but also yourself. So please take advantage of this and join us at our next boot camp. You're listening to the Silver Lined Relaunch, and I'm your host, Hillary DeCesar, award-winning entrepreneur and transitional coach. Each week, I'll invite you to tune into inspirational stories, revealing how you too can turn ordinary experiences into the extraordinary. Feeling stuck? I'll share step-by-step strategies to fuel your ability to experience a life where silver linings are both abundant and possible. So welcome, welcome, Kinia. It's so great to have you here. Thank you, Hillary. You brought tears to my eyes. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, well, I am really excited to have you tell us about this significant relaunch and walk us through your journey. Wow. You know, when we even talked a couple of weeks ago about this, there's so much that can shift within weeks. Uh, but the, the starting point of this journey, I think, was the sudden loss of my father uh, a couple of months ago, four months ago, he was supposed to recover uh, from cancer. And all of a sudden, I received a phone call from him right before Christmas telling me that he had two weeks left. So at that time, two I was weeks, yes. two weeks. I mean, I just my heart because you and I've discussed this, our stories and losing my mom suddenly, not that suddenly. So I definitely have a a deep appreciation for even that suddenness that comes with such a significant comment that your dad has two weeks left. Yes, we got three. We got a last Christmas together with him and his two grandsons and, and that's it. And then I had the privilege of, as some people say, walking him home. He was in my arms when he took his last breaths. And I think I will only really understand that significance, the significance of that moment over the years, truly, um, because nothing can prepare you for a moment like that. Just like nothing prepares you for birth, nothing prepares you for 
accompanying one of the people you love the most home. And so I am at the beginning of this relaunch, I would say, but I'm still in the forest navigating grief. And this all, this, this passing took place at the same time as me going all in on my business. And adding to that, my grandmother passed away a week after he did. So for my mom, it was a huge loss in a short period of time and events like that force you to confront your own mortality, revisit your values and your priorities. And so I'm still in the thick of things. You really are. And I, 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 I hear your, the significance of helping a loved one cross over, at least be there when they go through the veil. And I was, I was there one year before you with my own mom holding her hand as she took her last breath and, you know, being one year ahead of you right now, it's, um, there's just nothing. There's nothing that I would take back from that moment of being there. Um, I remember reaching out and not really fully believing. And I remember touching her stomach and it was still warm. And in, in my mind, I'm like, oh, wait, you know, mom, don't leave. And it was just, oh, so, mm. and then losing your grandma, my gosh, you're, you're, I said, I was about to say your poor mom, but you know, it affects all of us, right? I mean, yes, it was her husband. It was your dad. It was your grandmother. It was, I mean, the loss and relaunches are, every one of us is going to have it at some point, right? That's the, that's the hundred percent that we know. That's the certainty. But when it comes at you as fast as it did, how did you how did you handle it? I know you're going through it right now, but what are you doing for yourself? So that's such a good question. It's It's been a journey of self-discovery. The, the first thing that I did, well, for a few weeks, I stepped away from my business. My team took over and I spent time with my family. And then in the response, the initial phase of response to the grief was a certain burst of energy and adrenaline and almost workaholism. I think it was just, I don't know if it was so much about keeping busy, it was about catching up, maybe it was a, a mix of everything. And then after a few months, there came the crash and the space, people explained to me that this would happen in the beginning, you have the logistics and and everything's going on and people are reaching out with flowers. And then all of a sudden your body says, okay, now there's, now it's time for me to do my thing. So hello, I'm, I'm in command now. And there came a moment of great tiredness where I, my body just told me I need to, I need to grieve. And so I'm slowly making the decisions and adjustments and realignment with, with what I really need more time with my kids time to confront my own mortality and what really matters when, when you experience something like that, you know, that the sad part of all of this is that my father and my mom had moved across Canada to be with their grandkids. My father had retired recently. We had spent such a lovely time with the, with the kiddos and, and then he left so much earlier than planned. So that's forcing me to confront my own reality how I'm working, how I'm showing up for my clients that I'm also guiding through life transitions and really asking myself, what does it mean to live my values of faith, love and accountability? And in those moments, I think you can just 
truly rely on faith that there, there must be a silver lining in all of that. And I also remember when my dad passed, there was this moment of like release because we knew he wasn't suffering anymore, right? It's just, and he was there and we brought a toast to him, but it was very surreal. And now I'm impatiently waiting for the moment when people tell me that after those initial phases of grief, the memories come in a more loving way and then they're present with you. But right now it's it's painful and so I there, share it. There, thank you for being so vulnerable and talking about this because um, when you're still going through it and, and honestly, as you said that, I'm like, God, at what point am I no longer going through it? You know, yes. is it a year? Is it two years? Is it 20 years? Is it 40 years? Is it when I finally, you know, I'm crossing the veil myself and I know that I'm going to see my mom again? Who knows? But I really, um, I, I wanted to take a step back and you mentioned your values of faith, love, and accountability. And how did you come upon knowing what your values were? There was, it was seeking in my heart and it was using the values game. It's a very fun game where you have a list of values and you're put on the spot to narrow things down from 15 to 10 to five and using your intuition. And I scribbled them down on a world cloud, a word cloud a couple of years ago. I did this exercise a few times and they stayed the same. I think they did. I built upon them in the years too. There are some secondary values, but it was taking the time to sit down and assess them. And they are the foundation of everything I teach Trilogy. We always start with values. And I'm surprised at how few people really take the time to reflect on what drives them, right? That's so why I was asking you because yeah. I can't tell you so many people don't even have any idea. And when you said that, and you also said, you know, you named them, I'm like, oh my gosh, you're, yeah, there's, there's so many more ways that we're connecting because I put, when I had my, when I really, I, I do my values probably about every quarter just to be in alignment with where I am, with my business, with my life. And I think of love in the form of connection. When I have that true love, I have that connection to the people that I really genuinely care about. And growth is so one of my core values is just, you know, having that personal growth, having the growth of others. It's just, it fuels me. And I go back and forth between, you know, the, uh, an, an abundant state where, you know, there's so many different ways that you can live out your life joyfully or be in sadness. And so I've, tr I've tried desperately since my mom left, who was my absolute best friend in life. I talked to her five times a day. I saw her, I went on vacations with her. I mean, she was my rock. And I, I think about some of the ways that I'm having to change my values so that I don't get caught up in that downward spiral, that I keep looking at my North star. And so I loved when you said that because so many people don't really realize that if you can, as you said, be in alignment with what's really going on inside of you, it, it just, it makes things so much easier to process. Absolutely. Those values are North Star in those difficult moments. Sometimes you have no idea what to hang on to, but 
you go back to, for me, it's a visual values board, right? You go back to it and I ask myself, what does it look like to be faithful? Even if today it's really, really hard mm-hmm. just because they're there doesn't mean it's not easy. And I'm so sorry to hear about the loss of your mom, Hillary. That must have been really hard, especially mm-hmm. with everything you mentioned. It, it turns your world upside down, doesn't it? It really does because there, there's also the shock of having things happen so fast. So for you, you're starting this new company. And how long had you been working with your new company before your dad passed? I've been doing the work I do for three and a half years, but I really took a deeper dive about a year ago. So it had been what, about eight months. And I remember before I before I took that deep dive, we had just finished a crowdfunding campaign right before COVID hit. And my dad came to that party. He was the life of a party. He spoke nine languages. It was his last session. Nine languages. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That's so he, fabulous. He he put he put on his suit, his bow tie, and he came right across the street from his last chemo session to, to our crowdfunding campaign closing event. You know, there were a hundred people and I, I was seeing him making friends and he was already getting invited for, you know, he was speaking Serbian with a woman and he was getting invited for some Chevapi and, and Rakia when this was all going to be over. And so great. I love to hear this. This yeah. is so wonderful. Mm. Yeah. So it was, it was really, it, it, it's, it's kind of bittersweet, right? So we, we finished that event and then COVID hit and everything started closing down and he, we tried to be careful about how we spent time with him because of the restrictions, although we did get to spend a summer vacation together. And I'm so glad we had booked that so long in advance. I don't know, it would be our last vacation together, right? He got to see his grandson. So it was about eight months in and he had, he really, really believed in in what I did. And he saw the passion that I put in the work and all the talents I put in. And so he, he didn't tell me maybe how bad it was because he didn't want me to take my focus away from the work I was doing and how it was all gaining traction. Oh, that's yeah. just, you know what, I get that. Now, tell us more about what work you're in because I have a couple of questions that I'd like to follow on once you, once you let us know. I know that you've mentioned a couple of times, but I just want to make sure people know what you do. Yeah, so I work with career-minded moms, women who are in male-dominated, competitive, high-stress, high-burnout fields, and we work with them in the motherhood transition and the transition to working motherhood. So in Canada, you can take a longer maternity leave, 12, 18 months, but even though you get to bond with your baby, it means you can lose your career capital. So we've created uh, an educational space, a training program called the Mom BA, where women in STEM, for example, can retain their professional designations by doing training with us where they wouldn't be able to do it anywhere else and not get the credits that would allow them to retain their professional designation. And they come with us to recreate the working mom identity. As we talked about values, the number one thing I see that's a mistake in new parents is they don't reassess their values. And so they use their pre-baby brain to navigate the post-baby world. And then that often leads to burnout. It leads to questioning your your career direction, especially in STEM. 43% of women leave full-time STEM after having kids. It's very, very difficult, long hours. So we, we bring them together. We create community we provide a curriculum that's structured around their time. They can get an easily dripped content. 
They can listen to it while nursing their babies, get the support from other moms. And what happens as a result? Well, they get promotions during mat leave or after mat leave. They heal some wounds in their marriage, right? That could have come from having a strain in the relationship after mom taking on all the, the mental and emotional labor at home. Mm. Their confidence skyrockets instead of thinking, oh, I'm a mom right now at work, I'm not going to be valuable. So huge shifts in identity and confidence and defining what they really want in this stage of their lives and being able to sponsor other women. I think the most beautiful things is when I see we had a story of one woman who was the only woman in the room, right, in a very competitive environment. And she felt like she never had a role model to look up to, right? She was the only woman in this position. And her confidence grew. She became calmer, negotiating boundaries. And she encouraged another woman to be hired in a leadership position under her, right? So it's so beautiful when women can take control of their direction and then lift others up. I think that is one of my favorite parts of doing the work that we do. So it's a group and one-on-one coaching program. And that's my main occupation. It it sounds amazing. And I, 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 you know, on one hand, it's so terrific what Canada is doing for giving uh, maternity, an extra, my goodness, you know, months and months, year plus. Uh, in the U.S., I, I think at least when I was, it was like six weeks. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how long I had twins. So that was, they, they were my first, then I had another one. And, you know, immediately it was like, you got to get back, you got to get back. And you mentioned burnout. You mentioned this, and I, I, I find that it's, people are feeling the burnout even more right now because we are home. Although things are starting to open up again, we're still working from home and you don't have the drive to the office. You don't have the get up and go to, you know, uh, get some lunch or go to somebody's office and, you know, talk. You are literally at our desk. We're at our houses. We're working, we're working more than we've ever worked in our entire life. And that is directly triggering burnout. And I wanted to ask you from your perspective, um, can you, can you give us some tips on how, you know, how can, uh, we, really help ourselves to not go down that path of burnout? That's a great question, Hillary. I always like to take a really strategic big picture approach because it's not quick fixes. And so the starting point again is the values. And then we do a 25 year visualization where we help the women and their partners, because they often do this work with their partners, imagine what their kids are saying about them. So one thing that becomes- Oh, I like that. I haven't heard that before. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And then it just makes things clear as to what's non-negotiable, because if you're sitting, imagine a beautiful place we're going to vacation in 25 years and how old your kids are. In our cases, they're, right, the women I work with, the kids are closer to 25 and 30 at that stage. And what are they saying about you? Like, what are the three things they say about you as a working mom? What are they going to remember? And we, I ask questions around 12 pillars that we've defined from mindset to relationships, to finances, health and nutrition, career life integration, and really visualizing yourself in that moment, right? How you look, how you're dressed, what is, what is it that you're wearing that your partner thinks is absolutely beautiful and that you feel good in, right? We do a, a whole trip on the airplane to get you there and the sensations. And usually that visualization brings people to tears because one, they've never imagined their kids being grown up. Two, it really puts things in perspective because you know you cannot compromise your health. 
you can't really not have a financial plan if you want to be there and still enjoy life with your kids, right? You have to know what you want to create. And, and so it, it narrows down what's really important. I, what was it? I was talking to somebody recently about, you know, if, if you had 24 hours left to live and then you had, um, what would be your, your obituary on your tombstone? Nobody would say that, oh, she worked so hard 24 hours a day, right? You don't want your kids to be saying that about you. So what do you have to start doing right now? What are your values? What's your vision? And how do you get there? And then we break it down into small bite-sized pieces. And that exercise of taking a really holistic view of life, because as women, we're trained, A, we're told we can have it all. And B, we're trained to set goals and career, but we're never really encouraged to think about what other aspects of life might look like and how they all fit together. So organizing the thinking, breaking it up into the pillars that make the most sense, and then taking the domino effect. Is it for many women, it's relationships with their partner that becomes a domino effect, their mindset or health and nutrition. And once they're making shifts there, they start making shifts there, then, you know, everything else can fall into fall into place. And when you're talking about burnout with women who have these long shifts, what we do is we help them envision what's the target state? What does it look like to be calm? And then we'll do visual cues around the house to remind them to start behaving more calmly and building those habits, right? Whatever their learning style is, we try to encourage that. So that's the approach we take, obviously coupled with accountability and community, relatability to others. The moms love learning from each other and knowing like, I'm not crazy. This is not just happening to me. Other people are experiencing this. It's extremely validating and encouraging and it breaks the isolation. So that's I how love, we process that. I love your process. I think it just, it, it helps us realize that when you think about your future self, I mean, and I, it's interesting, we all, you know, have our own unique ways of doing this. And I have talked about this before where my grandmother lived to 105 and when she whoa. turned, I know, whoa, that's why, I, that's why I said earlier, I'm like, it was shocking that my mom, I thought my mom would live to 110, but when my grandma turned 90, I ended up taking her to these dinners and we were always celebrating her 90th birthday all year long. And so I always encourage people to look at if you were, because I remember my grandmother sharing stories with me as her 90-year-old self and saying, you know, this is what I did. And oh yeah, this is how it affected me. And so I love putting people into that place of visualize you at 90 and you're sitting there with your granddaughter, your grandson, and you're telling them about your life and what are the highlights. And it's the same idea of being able to really get a good grasp of what you really want to be remembered by. Yeah. And it's just, I, I love that. So good. Yeah, because otherwise, where do you start, right? Where do you start? It's hard to, how do you set goals? Where do you, how do you, is like, is it a one-year goal that you set? Is it a five-year goal? And everything you do now adds up to build your legacy, right? So that's why that visualization is fun. And 
I remember designing it. It was on the fly. I was running before the pandemic a maternity leave group with with career minded moms, and they were there with their babies. And I pulled an inner mentor visualization from from an author I really like a lot. So it was the first time I did that. I was an experiment, but it was a total disaster. What do you think happens when when moms have babies and they try to close their eyes and envision something, right? But that <laughs> led me to develop my own process, thinking, okay, you know what, let's switch things around. We see the babies are fussing. Nobody's going to let you imagine that. Let's fast forward 25 years. You're having a drink with your child on the beach, right? Whether it's a tea or a Mai Tai, whatever, what are they saying about you? <laughs> and, and, you know, that on the fly moment, and I think I had my own baby there, maybe my mom was watching him. I don't remember. It became the foundation and the starting point of, of how these moms organize their thinking about their goals. And it can be so powerful. So mm. those creative moments that come in the most unexpected places okay. out of chaos. I love that. Okay. So I always do this whole rapid fire questions. And one of them, I would ask you then 25 year old, you know, your, your kids are talking about you. How would they be describing you? They would have, they'll describe me as somebody who, who lived up to her values and who raised them as strong, resilient boys dedicated to upholding their faith and legacy and men who are of service to others. And I modeled that for them. I didn't just say that, but I modeled it to them. So that's what I hope they say about me. Uh And as we're coming out of this pandemic, what is the one thing that you're really looking forward to doing? embracing people and having family barbecues. I'm an only child and my husband's from a family of five. And so when his family gets together, it's these chaotic, happy gatherings where kids are running around and everybody's sharing food. And I can't wait to do that again. And Kenya, what is your favorite poolside drink? If you're at this barbecue, you're next to a pool, what are you, what are you sipping on? And apricot brandy. I think it's sour apricot brandy. Yeah. Apricot sour. Apricot sour. Okay. That I have to say, that's the first time I've heard that one. (laughs) So good. I I love that. And what is your favorite beauty product by name? Vitamin D. Oh, that's so good. And what do you do with vitamin D? I have to soak it in because I live in Edmonton where it's dark for a good part of the year. So either I'll take it in drops mm-hmm. or I try to go for walks outside in the morning. My health coach said that it's really good for getting vitamin D and for hormonal regulation. So I soak it in from the sun or I put it on my tongue. Okay. So are you, you're taking an actual vitamin or a drop of it if you can't go outside and actually get it? Yes. Apparently everybody else in, in Canada is vitamin D deprived and we should all be taking vitamin D. Actually, you know what I've heard? I've heard we all are, especially since everything that's happened where we've stayed in more, we haven't gone out as much. I mean, yeah, I think it's a, I love that suggestion. And I think we all should be checking to see how our vitamin D levels are because it's also attributed with depression. If you don't get yes vitamin D or if you don't have, you know, enough. So yeah, I think that is, and you know what, when you feel good about yourself, then you look good. And yeah, I'd say that's a pretty powerful, powerful beauty product. So kudos to you for coming up with that one. And what does powerhouse of possibility mean to you? Wow. That's a big one. That's not an easy one. It means 
it means being faithfully open to enormous love that no matter what happens, whether you're facing something so difficult as somebody's loss, there's somebody that you love. There's always a silver lining. There's always a deep well of love waiting for you, even if you can't feel it. And that, that love is always available to you to be creative, to be loving, and also to cry in a puddle if you need to, right? Because that's part of love as well. That's beautiful. Mm. And so Kenya, how can people get in touch with you? How can they hear more about what you're doing? Thank you for the question. So I would say our website, frozenbabes.com, and I'll spell it out because sometimes people think frozen babes. I didn't think about that when, when we <laughs> selected the name, but P-R-O-S-A-N-D-B-A-B-E-S.com. And that's where we have access to uh, our contact information, our, our online Frozen community. babes. I love that. Yes. That's so great. Yeah. Not frozen babes. Nope. No, frozen no, no, babes. not frozen babes. <laughs> I know that I, I hear sometimes that you have to choose a business name that's going to be recognized by Siri, right? When people, because one day everything will be dictation. And, and I don't know if I thought that one through enough. I don't know if it was being futuristic <laughs> enough when I chose, but I, you know, we still have a lot of fun with the name. Well, Kenya, thank you so much for being here. And we will put this content in to our show notes and everyone can go and see that over at therelaunchco.com. And you can go ahead in the podcast and see more about Kenya and the links there. So thank you so much for being here and for sharing your story. And it's, it definitely hit a chord with me. So I'm here for you on your journey and appreciate you just giving us your light and sharing that whole idea around values. That's really critical. Thank you for holding this space and the empathy and sharing your own experience about your loss. It's so healing to connect with others who have experienced something similar, right? So I truly appreciate your time and the space you're creating for others to heal. Uh, You take care and we'll talk soon. Talk soon. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Silver Lined Relaunch. If I said something today that resonated with you, Will you please head over to iTunes right now and leave us a five-star review and share this episode with others and help them find the silver linings as well. And don't forget, you can have immediate access to the show notes, any giveaways, and the links to those amazing beauty products at therelaunchco.com backslash podcast. Until next time, there's always a silver lining and now is the time to hit the reset button to relaunch those transitions into transformations.